Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bride Comedy. And as usual, you can always come on over and join the conversation. Come on over to our Instagram. Come on over to our uh, Twitter. Come on over to Facebook. We are here for you guys. And you can reach us at Chef Bride Comedy or Surviving Empathy Podcast. And today, ladies and gentlemen, you know, got to address the elephant in the room, the big Johnny Depp trial. Since we uh, are, uh, uh, you know, advocates of good mental health, we are advocates of quality of life, we are advocates of robust living, we thought this would be a perfect opportunity to look at the Johnny Depp trial and find out what can we learn about human behavior. So we're going to go into some of the details of the trial. We are going to go into some of our preconceived biases and uh, how maybe those biases have changed uh, throughout the course of the trial. We'll talk about some of the witnesses and uh, whether or not they were credible or not. And we'll talk about some of the agendas. What were the agendas of some of the witnesses? What what is uh, Amber Heard's uh, agenda? What is... Uh, Johnny Depp's uh, agenda and we'll talk about the two important factors of the case which is there is a you know they have to prove defamation of character and uh, that's the part where he's suing for punitive damages Uh, but then also there's the court of public opinion is that uh, it's a completely separate thing and so we will go into the weeds of both of those But at the end of the day, I just thought it would be a great opportunity to talk about a lot of different issues in society uh, using the Johnny Depp trial as a template. We'll talk about injustice and inequality. We'll talk about drug abuse. We'll talk about physical and emotional abuse. Uh, We'll talk about relationships. We'll talk about love. And we'll talk about how relationships make you feel you know, very passionate, and that can make you go a little crazy. So get yourself comfortable, grab a drink, and let's begin. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell, and today I have my beautiful wife and co-host, Rebecca Russell. Please say hello to the folks. Hi. (laughs) That was anticlimactic. (laughs) I think you could do better. (laughs) Hey guys, welcome back to another show. So today's episode, uh, we want to get into the weeds of what we can learn from the Johnny Depp trial. Uh, So I've got a bunch of things written here, and I want to talk about uh, various issues about the trial. Uh, We're going to go into a handful of things. We'll we'll go into the case. We'll go into uh, some of the witnesses. Um, but we're using that as a template for a bigger conversation about perception versus reality, our inherent biases. Uh, I want to talk about the case a little bit, and then uh, I want to go into IPV. What is IPV? We keep hearing that term a lot. Is that kind of like an OAP, or is that a UFO? What's going on here? <laughs> and uh, and then we'll go into uh, abuse, drug abuse, Um And then uh, where do we draw the line in excusing our partner's bad behavior? Because I'm pretty sure that's relevant. Um, So, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, I want to first set up the case. uh, So if you guys aren't following the Johnny Depp trial, 
well, do you want to put it in your own words, son? Yeah, you do. Come nah. on. Nah. <laughs> okay, do well, <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. Okay, so the, um, the, the case, it's a defamation case. Uh, that if you don't know what that means, defamation is like a defamation of character. When you uh, ruin somebody's uh, uh, credibility or reputation through uh, some act, uh, <clears throat> you may uh, not only uh, be liable for punitive damages, like and that means monetary compensation, but you might also uh, be liable for a, a host of different things. But what it boils down to is that Johnny Depp uh, did a... um, Hold on. I'm having some audio issues. Be right back. And like magic, it's better. Okay. So so, so what's going on, you guys, is that uh, in this trial, uh, basically what it boils down to is that Johnny Depp, uh, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp were married for seven, eight years, something like that. No? It was a lot less than that. Was it less than yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Five years, four years, whatever it was. I don't know. They don't really say. The timeline is kind of fuzzy with me. But um, but they were married for a while, and uh, they were they, they fell hard for each other, and uh, they were together for a while. And um, as celebrities can be, especially when there's drugs and alcohol involved, uh, there's a just a, um, a menagerie of unusual behaviors that go along with that uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, celebrities don't have to be accountable like the rest of us, you know, and uh, they get in pretty deep. That being said, uh, you know, they're pretty likable sometimes and I can't help but liking uh, Johnny Depp, even though I have a feeling that what Amber Heard is saying about him is probably true. Um but uh, getting into the case, uh, so the defamation case, she wrote an op-ed back in, what, 2017, I think? Um, 17 the, or 18, yeah. Yeah, and it got submitted to, uh, the, it was published in the Washington Post, which is considered one of the more credible uh, journals. And uh, as a result, there was a, a sort of um, a domino effect on 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 uh, the Me Too movement, the cancel culture, where essentially he got blacklisted, kind of like Kevin Spacey, where nope, you don't get nothing. And as a result, he's not only was he uh, kicked off of the Pirates of the Caribbean six, but uh, a, <clears throat> a number of other projects. And uh, so there's been a lot of punitive damage that he wants to, to recover. But more importantly to him, I believe, is that he wants to restore his reputation. You know, because at the end of the day, it really did make him out to be a wife beater. And uh, I think the vast majority of people, especially if you're liberal, uh, believed Amber Heard. Uh, and so we want to get into the weeds with that. So um, at the end of the day, uh, did I explain that okay? Is there anything I left out? No, I think that was pretty good. Okay. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I, at first, you know, we'll talk about perception versus reality. Because it's hard to deny the fact that when you grow up with a celebrity, uh, you're going to be naturally uh, biased towards that celebrity. And and uh, I don't think it helps any that um, 
the pictures and the video of Amber Heard. She a uh, very pretty girl. Good grief, she's beautiful. But um, but she's got that. As I kind of told Rebecca, she's got that sad Queen Amidala look, regal but sad, and it makes her look slightly wise, but it also makes her look like a total bitch, <laughs> and that can't help matters at all. And so I think a lot of people are just got this preconceived notion that she's this really bitchy person. Um, and so before she testified, you know, I was all in Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp. I was Team Johnny. And uh, and then yes, just yesterday she uh, testified, and uh, I uh, we haven't heard what's going on today. I think it's day two of her testimony. Uh, but you know, given what we know, um, what I, I you know I I admit I was biased. I, I was thinking you know she's just you know a crazy person that she's unhinged. She's got emotional problems, all this stuff. And now the more I hear about. The, you know, the, the whataboutisms, the both sides of the coin, I'm starting to realize that they're both fucking nuts. Um, what is your uh, assessment of their character and the assessment of this case? It's, it's really hard to say because, first of all, they're both actors. Right. So that makes it really hard. I mean, you can look at body language and you can look at how. But they can change and shift their energy. A good actor knows how to shift their energy and become that energy. Yeah, absolutely. I can do it. If I can do it, they can Mm -hmm. do it. (laughs) And I do have to say when the whole thing came out, you know, the pictures of her on People magazine and the height of everything. And I took her side. Yeah. Because you kind of feel like, why would someone come out with something like that? And do all this. True. Yeah. And, um, And then hearing him talk, I kind of went full on, full boat. Team Johnny, yeah, and seeing her talk, right? It's really hard to tell, and I honestly don't mm. know. Like, I think obviously they are like oil and water, and they just yeah, they're just not, toxic for each toxic other. For and each there's other a and there's a lot of passion in the relationship. And I've been in I've been madly in love to the point where it made me crazy. And so I get it. I you know a lot of people are trying to be like, oh fuck her, she's a bad person, and. She's just a gold digger and blah, 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 because she's not as famous as Johnny and all these things. But at the end of the day, to, to hear her testimony, um, it really started pulling me back towards the center. I was, you know, I was 70% in on Johnny. And now I'm more like 50 50 uh, thinking that, you know, and don't get me wrong, am I still Team Johnny? Yeah, because I like him. But. That's where we have to sort of, you know, look at our own inherent biases. I mean, at the end of the day, this is fucking Edward Scissorhands, man. Like, he's been around forever. He's a, he's a charming as fuck individual. And I can't help just getting, just falling for that shit hook, line, and sinker because he's so yeah. thoughtful and his, his cadence is very charming and very warm. And so I find myself going, fuck her. Look at those bitchy looks that he, she's making, blah, blah, blah. And uh, now that she's testified, I mean, um, I'm starting to feel like there's probably some truth to that. But it also, it makes you really wonder, like you said, I mean, we're talking about two trained professional actors. Um, it wouldn't be hard to fucking, you know, crocodile tear this whole thing and, and, and push a, a lie or an exaggeration that isn't true. What do you think about her testimony? Describe her testimony and uh, what do you think about it? 
<clears throat> it was it was hard to watch. Um, yeah. And I know I've seen like a lot of people are like, oh, she was totally acting and she wasn't actually crying and right. she was putting too much exposition into it. And yeah. so I really don't know. I mean, I'm not the type of person that would be long winded like that. Yeah. So I don't know like if I would be. Well, they both seem long winded because they, they, it feels like they want to go into painstaking detail yeah. to earn the um, admiration of the audience. Yeah. And, and <clears> just. <throat> I didn't get a, a sense that she was lying. Yeah. But it's it's so hard to say. It's yeah. It's really well, hard to say. You know, and, at the end of the day, um, you know, there's a couple things here. I mean, on the one hand, um, <clears throat> we have to establish uh, whether or not she was, <clears throat> did she tank his career from the Cascade Effect, from that op-ed, and then also uh, in the public, in the court of public opinion, you really have to start to wonder about uh, the ins and outs of who really was the aggressor here, who really was um, doing the the most manipulating here, and uh, and that's a hard one to establish because at the end of the day, <clears throat> you know, like I told you yesterday, um, on the one hand. Uh, John, you know, at first I'm like Johnny Depp all the way, you know, like she just seemed very cold and very uh, methodical. Um, but now that I've heard her testimony, um, you know, she could be completely full of shit and be exaggerating. But on the other hand, um, I caught a lot of honesty there and think about how it would be to deal with a person with that bad of a drug problem. And you're, you're one half of you is super in love the other half of you is like, good God, this is untenable, man. And so uh, I agree with her insofar as um, uh, it being difficult to uh, deal with drug abuse and the lifestyle. Uh, you know, I mean, talking about him waking up in his own vomit, waking up in his own feces. I mean, he's, you know, that's some bad shit. And so uh, I, I... If it's true. If it's true, right. Thing. Well... And and the thing is, is that um, that's just it. We she might just be uh, emotionally manipulating us. Because the one thing I will say is, did I believe some of her testimony? I did. I absolutely did. When she started talking about her background, growing up in a small town uh, next to Austin, Texas, and uh, middle class family, and all this, man, she had me hook, line, and sinker. Because you know me, I'm a sucker for an underdog. And uh, but then. When she started going into the nature of the abuse and such, um, it's not that I didn't believe her. I, I absolutely did believe her. Um, but what catches my eye as an empath is her body language and energy sitting there throughout the day and now her body language and energy now. Um, that shift as an empath is unusual to me and it really makes me, um, you know, have not necessarily red flags, but just pause that uh, she might be putting on a show. And I didn't see <clears> these <throat> pictures, but I did see mention of people online talking about um, showing her walking out of the courtroom afterwards. And yeah. She was like smiling and laughing. Right. Which could be, <clears throat> she finally got it off of her shoulders. Could be relief. relief. Could be relief. Yeah. Or. But it could also mean that maybe she was yeah. putting on a yeah. song and dance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and that, and, and so, there's a couple of things here. You know, like I was saying yesterday, on the one hand, um, 
what Johnny has to establish is that there was a um, very real uh, 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 change in his career and change in his uh, public perception based on solely off of that op-ed and uh I think the domino effect that the op-ed had during the which, Me Too yeah, movement. Which I don't think there, I really don't think there's much question of that. I think it absolutely did. But then right. I don't know how far into it the jury has to go as far as whether what What's she wrote reasonable is true in that and case. whether what she wrote is true. And if it had that effect and it's true, then it's not well, defamation. Or I don't even know the ins well, and outs of how far they have to go into it. And that's that. the thing about that, that um, we have to try to remain... Uh, uh, focused on what the trial is trying to prove. And what the trial is trying to prove is that uh, she did, in fact, uh, create a unprecedented backlash uh, that tanked his reputation. And, uh, I, you know, uh, even though I believe some of what she's saying, uh, I do believe that they are both probably have substance abuse issues. I, I think they mm-hmm. both have some mental health issues. Um, I think that two people who are highly creative, who have tremendous sense of ego, uh, uh, both of them are eccentric as hell. And so it's kind of like just um, adding gasoline to a fire. It only takes time to, for oxygen to make it grow big. Yeah. Yeah. And so it to me, it feels like um, there's no one person at fault necessarily but uh, but but we have to remain vigilant on what the purpose of this trial is, which is to prove whether or not the op-ed uh, tanked his potential earnings and tanked his reputation in the the you know in the media and in uh, the world, you know. Yeah. And so it's easy to go well, you know, all this stuff. But at the end of the day, we have to remain vigilant on what the purpose, the main purpose of this, and that is simply to prove whether or not she had an, a lasting negative effect on his reputation that then, you know, created uh, financial and uh, financial and reputation hardships uh, that were unprecedented compared to uh, other things. In other words... He's gone through drug rehab before. He's gone through bad press before. And that's what I noticed the the defense was trying to do for Amber Heard is that she, they were trying to uh, discredit him by saying, well, haven't you had bad press before? Mm-hmm. And so how can you say that this was so much different? Do you want, yeah. you want to speak to that? Well, I, yeah, they were trying to bring up every little thing. But like the witness that they were badgering about that said, you know, he's... He's famous. He's rich and famous. Mm. And of course, there's going to be people writing shit about him for jealousy purposes or. Yeah, well, and also there was there was a lot of stuff written about him, but mm -hmm. it was it it wasn't the same caliber of stuff. And it wasn't. Well, that's what that's what the prosecution came back. And even one of the witnesses, that witness, I can't remember his name, but the, the guy who was a Hollywood insider who worked in Hollywood for like 50 years, the older gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, where'd you, you know, where'd you get that rag? What you rag know? did that come from? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was mm-hmm. discrediting. And, and and I have to agree that that there is a difference in quality between the Washington Post and the, and the National Enquirer or yeah. some rag mag or some blog. Mm-hmm. Because the truth is, is at the end of the day, you know, if you do a Google search, 
um, if you want to believe something and you want to continue believing something that's not true, you can find actual journalism out there that just helps perpetuate your point of view. And so it's that that self-fulfilling prophecy journalism where, um, but it does kind of, it is telling though that they had to kind of dig pretty deep in the well to find journals that uh, helped their case because we, Mm -hmm. they definitely weren't of the same caliber as legitimate media. It was kind of a rag mag thing. Don't you think? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Well, you know, at the, at the, at the beginning, you know, I was all in on Johnny. Like I was like, fuck this bitch. And not because I have some problem with women. I mean, come on, you know, I love women and she's a beautiful woman. I, she, like, she intimidates me. Like I would, I would run crying. Like she's a very <laughs> beautiful woman. But, um, but I also, you know, my the, you know, as an empath, you do uh, pick up on uh, micro expressions. You do pick up on body language, probably more than the average person. And, um, you know, I just can't help to think that uh, she, you know, because there were times where she was staring, almost like she was trying to intimidate him or. Or, or make him screw up. Uh, just when they were both sitting there, uh, you could tell that there was some body language there that um, really, it makes you wonder whether or not she's putting on a show because mm-hmm. um, even though I thought her testimony was compelling, I agreed with it insofar as that she, she, she fell for him head over heels, uh, that he was a good man, but then there, this monster came out, which was his drug abuse and his alcohol abuse, and that she was trying to tame the monster because the part of her, him that she loved, she loved a lot, but the part of him that she hated uh, was making the relationship untenable. Uh, what do you think about that? I think it. she had a point. I mean, the drugs and alcohol will do things to people that, it can change people completely. And yeah. I, you know, you see that a lot in abusive relationships that there is a side and that's the side that keeps somebody coming back because there's this loving, mm-hmm. amazing person yeah. that turns into this other person, but then they <clears throat> go back and forth and it's, you know, it's kind of the typical cycle of abuse that you see. Yeah. And that could be on both sides in that relationship. Right. Well, that's the thing about this is that I think there's two fronts. There's, uh, there's the uh, public perception, and then there's the proving his case of defamation, and uh, and so I think you know lay people who are just watching this get very caught up in who they like best, get caught up in who they think is the most honest or the most telling. Um, but uh, we have to realize that just because. Uh, uh, our uh, public perception goes one way or another. Doesn't necessarily prove the case. That, that those are yeah. two separate oh, issues. Yeah. Um. One thing I think um, that bears mentioning is the timing of her whole op-ed. Mm-hmm. It was right in the middle of you know the whole Me Too press tour for Aquaman. Yeah, the whole Me Too movement, and right when Aquaman, Too, Aquaman yeah. was coming out. So that does seem kind of convenient. That, like the ACLU was like, "Oh, here, you know, nobody would want to hear about this before, but now that she's up and coming, like, mm. let's throw this out there." And yeah, and, and maybe she was taking advantage of the fact that she yeah. was in the limelight because of Aquaman and all that, and trying to get more. Limelight. Right, Obviously, right. No, it's hard well, to say. Well, and on the one hand, if she really was abused, um, 
that's just good strategy. On mm. the other hand, if she's uh, making stuff up or if she's exaggerating, um, it would come off as very manipulative. So yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. You and, know? And yeah, and she took advantage of the fact that people were automatically believing the woman no matter what. No matter what, because of the Me Too yeah. movement and the cancel culture yeah. that was going on there. Which I don't want to cancel the movement because no, it's right. done a lot of good. So well, it, yeah, it does. But it can be taken for yeah, granted. And if it, it can, comes out that it wasn't true, then that just kind of sets that whole thing back, too, because somebody's taking advantage of it. Because the legitimacy yeah. of that movement is it loses credibility when yeah. you start to realize that it can be used uh, for, 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 you know, nefarious purposes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing about perception versus reality, especially when you're talking about A-list celebrities. I mean, uh, it wouldn't take uh, the best actor in the world to uh, to convince people of things that perhaps aren't entirely accurate. And so, like me, I mean, I was all in on Johnny, and, and even though I still am, and I admit my bias there, um, I am now that I've heard her, uh, there's a part of me that believes her that, yes, he probably, it, it takes two to tango in a relationship. And I think the crazy was on both sides. Uh, the abuse was probably on both sides as well. And that includes drug abuse, alcohol abuse, and uh, uh, physical and emotional abuse. Yeah. <clears throat> I believe yeah. it, it's it's on both sides. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about your perception in the beginning and how that might have changed since since then? Well, yeah, well, at the very beginning, when the whole thing came out, I was definitely on her side. And I, you know, mm-hmm. I did the whole not wanting to watch Johnny Depp thing. Yeah. And then, you know, a couple of years passed mm-hmm. and you just kind of keep up with that. And then you hear his testimony. And yeah, I just kind of went straight to believing him. Yeah. And then her testimony made me kind of go back, like you said, towards the middle. It's, yeah. It's really. That's the way I try to see it is like it's a it's a it's a number scale. Uh, you go minus five to plus five, and then there's zero in the middle, and middle means neutral. They're both equal. Yeah. Um, and I was definitely uh, leaning very heavily favorably towards Johnny because uh, the body language, just she looked very uh, wicked and, and, and cruel. But now that I've heard her, I'm not sure what to believe because, honestly, yeah. she did come off very nice. Yeah, she did. And uh, being a, a, an underdog uh, supporter, I'm always uh, trying to support the underdog. I can't help but uh, agree that um, it would be terribly difficult to deal with this very eccentric uh, A-list actor who's super rich, super charismatic, um, uh, to deal with uh, drug abuse, especially if it was as bad as she said. Um, it makes you realize uh, just how much... Um, you know, the, you know, drug and alcohol abuse can, can ruin a relationship. The thing I got to thinking about, well, a few things, but, um, I got to thinking about, um, you know, she, cause, cause it's starting to come out that, um, she was trying to guilt him into, into, you know, admitting that he's got a monster. They, she called it the monster. And then, um, as time went on, she sort of became uh, this, um, in a weird way, I found it ironic because on the one hand, 
she's got all these mental health issues, and she's also uh, using substances, drinking two bottles of wine per night, etc. Um, and yet, and yet, she, you know, here she is trying to play this like um, house mother or this uh, nurse, where she's of greater moral character, and she's the clean and sober one who's uh, trying to pull this guy out of his demons all the while not really quitting using herself what yeah when they when he testified that he was trying to become sober and she would just sit there and drink yeah i find that absolutely refused to to kind of go in solidarity with him yeah which seemed a little bit weird well it felt it felt like um she she wasn't willing to make the sacrifice as if to say um, I don't have a problem with this stuff, but you do, and therefore I'm not going to quit. But you are, and you can watch me do it in front of you. And that's which and that's just kind of rude, I think, a, as a partner. Like, you know, yeah. When I, mean, I quit drinking, you know, like I, my girlfriend at the time, she wouldn't drink in front of me unless we went. She invited me to the bar one time, and she's like, "Are you sure?" Mm-hmm, I'm like, "I want to yeah. see everybody." So I yeah. went and I drank club soda and i was fine yeah. you know mm-hmm. um but, but it's in but your she, face like but it when it's in your like face was, right there at your house yeah, it's, yeah that would be more difficult mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely and it just doesn't seem like a supportive partner kind of thing to do yeah i found that a little bit odd the um the other thing that struck me was um she 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 went into uh, a story about the sexual abuse where he would get ripped and then kind of force her uh, to um, to have sex. And then um, there was an, a time where uh, she hid his cocaine and he was looking well, inside her she did. crevices and, yeah. for the cocaine and she felt violated. Now, I, I get why she would feel violated, but I feel like in a way she's right, but in another way... Um, uh, you know, in a relationship that's close, like you and I, me touching your vagina is kind of as normal as blowing your nose. But at the same time... But in that context, if that happened, that's very not appropriate. Well, of like, course. No, know. of course. You know, but I guess I guess what I'm saying is, is that um, if she really was, there seems to be a lot of... Um, uh, you know, and I'm sure maybe it's tough love or something like that, but um, she seems like somebody who would hide his drugs, uh, seem like somebody who would uh, sort of go off on these benders of her own, go to Coachella, do all these things, but then expect a total perfection out of him. What do you think about that? I think it sounds, yeah, I think you're right. It does seem that way. Like she felt she was above all of it. And she could continue with her things because it wasn't a problem yeah, with her, it, even though it very it, well could have been. It I mean, felt like she was fabricating she a persona of 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 being a, a perfect school marm, mm-hmm. being a like she was the symbol of all that's wholesome and good. And while I yeah. think she's not a bad person, no. um, I just felt like there was some just con- conflicting things there because. If if he's trying to work out these demons, you would think she would have the good sense to not drink in front of him, yeah, or to use in yeah. front of him, you know. Yeah, it kind of felt like she was putting herself on this pedestal of, well, I don't have a problem, even though I'm drinking two bottles of wine a night, I'm good. It's yeah, all you. And, who and who's to say whether changed? or not that was too much or not? It sounds like too much to yeah. me. Yeah, and who knows 
what she turned into or how she changed when she did drugs and alcohol. Right. I mean, everybody changes somewhat. Yes. So it just, well, I don't know. And, and the thing that we have to realize here, you know, cause I got to thinking about it is, um, none of this information exists in a vacuum. So the thing, the point is, is that she's telling these awful stories of things he did. And while I tend to believe her, the thing that you have to try to remind yourself of is that were these a couple of uh, extreme instances when he was using on drugs, when he was high as shit, are these just a couple of extreme things that happened, but the majority of the time he was not that way? In other words, uh, was there a pattern of abusive behavior or... Uh, did it just happen a couple of times because of the out- drugs and alcohol? And, and that's not to excuse the behavior, but there's a difference between somebody who uh, got really high and did some fucked up shit and somebody who's constantly being abusive. Um, to me, I'm starting to think that um, while I agree with her story, and I'm sure, you know, like I said, it takes two to tango. They're, they both did bad things. They both were emotionally and physically abusive to each other um, because there was a lot of passion. There was a lot of uh, uh, alcohol and drug use. And uh, when you love someone, it makes you crazy when, uh, you know, because she was talking about how he would disappear on her and couldn't predict his behavior and all that. And she didn't know how to deal with that. And I get it. It made her want to pull in even closer um, and then that makes us think like, well, geez, lady, you're such a manipulator. But at the end of the day, when you love someone and they're turning on you or their energy is off or they're trying to avoid you, uh, it makes you, you know, want to come in all the closer and it makes her look clingy. But yeah. if they're in a close knit relationship where they're talking and hanging out daily with each other and then all of a sudden that stops because of the drugs, uh, changing some something in his chemistry to make him not want to hang out with her. Um, yeah, I can see her point. Um, but the thing is, to me, is I I wonder at the end of the day whether or not uh, he just kind of fucked up a couple of times or whether or not there was... Because to me, he does not look like a habitual angry person. He does not like look like a habitually violent person. And I'm not saying that those stories aren't true, but and I'm not saying they're right either, what I'm saying, though, is is that uh, she's trying to make it sound like he has a pattern of abuse uh, when really it seemed like uh, isolated incidences that were brought on through drug abuse and the drug, you know, party yeah. that they well, went through. One thing that <clears throat> stuck out to me, too, was the, the story of her removing his boots. Mm. They both told the story, and it was two completely separate perceptions of it. That's you know, true. Like his perception was that... He took his boots off himself one night and she got irrationally angry because that was her her thing. Her thing and right. it was like her way of controlling mm-hmm. his behavior. And then her explanation was it's just something I like to do for him because I love him. And Yeah. So Well, again, I'm starting to believe him on that particular thing just because um I can tell that she is probably the kind of person that you can tell that she um there's a a desire to be wholesome there. Mm-hmm. Just the way she puts up her hair, the way she dresses, she's very uh, classy and proper. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and, and that probably has a lot to do with trying to escape her roots. 
She's admitted that her uh, dad and her mom are very just average middle class people that uh, they uh, aren't. They're just working folks. Well, and they had issues with with meth and drugs and right. And, and so my too, point so, is that yeah. somebody who comes from the trailer, mm-hmm. and I'm one of them, is always trying to uh, put on this face of class and wholesomeness. Uh, because you, peop, you, you know, you're embarrassed of your past, and so I wonder how much of that is her trying to make up for the fact that she grew up sort of, you know, trashy. <laughs> well, he did too, that's but so did he, yeah, right? And that's did. why that's... I think they could identify with each other. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, I do feel like um, uh, that they're both guilty of uh, emotional abuse. That they're both guilty of some physical abuse. Um, the thing that I have trouble uh, agreeing with so far, because I, I'm just not there yet, is I'm not seeing a pattern of abusive behavior. That's not to say that he didn't do bad things a couple of times, especially when he was using. Um, but at the same time, they also didn't talk about context. I mean, not to excuse the behavior, but... Um, when somebody becomes cold to you, when somebody becomes uh, sort of like uh, clingy and uh, demanding and irrationally angry all the time, uh, it, it often felt like he was always looking to escape her wrath, mm-hmm. to escape yeah. her. And that could explain why he might have. It's like, imagine if somebody, um, you know, was a nice person most of the time. And then um, nine times out of ten, they're very peaceful and loving. And then you work them up to finally get angry, and then you record that. And now yeah. we all think that that's his normal, usual behavior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm wondering is that it seems to me like she kind of pushed him to get angry. He doesn't seem like somebody that is quick to anger. He seems like somebody who just fucking got sick and tired of her uh, motherly ways. And, and her yeah. unusual. Well, and I think even one of the therapists testified that she had said that she she would try to continue these arguments and try to continue the fights. And I don't know if that was just well, to keep him there or if it was to control the narrative. And, and I or- actually get that because when I was a youngster, um, I was thirteen. I got into a lot of arguments with my friends, and then they would they would ride their bike away, get the fuck away from me because I was just wrathful. And then I realized that that was my insecurity, that I had this deep psychological need to just argue because it helps, it's, it gets things off your chest. And so it make you know, my friends the same way. When I had a falling out with my chiropractor buddy, um, he gets scornful and wrathful because he feels hurt. And when he feels hurt, he has this psychological need to be mean and cruel and to get it off his chest. But by the time he gets it off his chest, the damage is done. The relationship has, has suffered a consequence. And so I, I often wonder whether or not, um, you know, her uh, anger was justified or whether or not perhaps she, um, you know, has this deep-seated psychological need to keep arguing because mm-hmm. she's mad and she's frustrated and she can't get it. She she never reaches a point where she feels better, so she just keeps going and yeah. on and on and on. Yeah. Which and, would be very insufferable for a person mm-hmm. to deal with. So in that regard, yeah. I agree with Johnny in so far as what if the reason why he had all these bad behaviors simply was because of 
reacting to someone who uh, is extreme and who can never never keep the peace. She just seems always looking to start a fight. Yeah. And, you know, bottom line, I think it's just personalities. And they had that, you know, passion and hate and love. And Mm -hmm. because he was with the the mother of his children. I mean, they were together like 15 years and she never had any type of accusations against him, even though, you know, he had issues with substances throughout. Well, that's the thing is that, this is the first time that they can establish any kind of physical abuse because they've gone back to some of his exes and all this. And while everybody and their mother knows that he's got drug and alcohol problems, that does not prove aggressive or violent or uh, yeah. abusive behavior. And supposedly some of her previous <clears throat> relationships have or, you know, people have come forward with behavior on her end. Well, she does seem like a difficult person to be around. Mm -hmm. I've even heard that, you know, even Jason Momoa and Aquaman had issues with her because she's just a very, you know, and and it doesn't necessarily mean she's a bad person, but she's a very um, high maintenance person. And you're always having to meet her satisfaction. And when you don't, you get the wrath. And that would be very uh, difficult to sustain a relationship under those conditions. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so, not to ex- excuse any of his bad behavior, yeah. of mm-hmm. course. But my point is, is that there's a vast difference between him getting aggressive with her because he's lost it with her versus just having a history of being abusive. I think there's a difference there. And uh, in in the court case, it probably is irrelevant because we're just trying to establish whether the op-ed the had a thing. Yeah. Right. But in the court of public opinion... I would say that um, it does matter in the sense that there's a vast difference between isolated incidences that were brought on by uh, the perpetuation of her erratic behavior where he finally lost his shit versus him simply having a history of abuse. I don't believe that he was a quick to anger person. I don't believe that he was an angry person who would naturally beat someone um i think that he was probably brought to it by drugs and alcohol and brought to it by the fact that she just never relented she just never relents <laughs> you know <laughs> what i mean and that's not yeah. to excuse any bad behavior just no. that but there is a difference between a history of abuse and violence and somebody who just finally lost their fucking shit because yeah. it just gets to be too much what do you think I think that's very true. And like you said, none of it excuses any violence. No, of course not. Right. Right. It explains it a little bit. It explains it. It It doesn't doesn't excuse excuse it. it, Right. It does explain why things happen and how they got to a certain point. Exactly. Yeah. And I just think, I think that's what we have to think about during this trial is first, you know, establishing on whether or not the op-ed had a discernible effect on his career and reputation. That's the court part. And then the, public opinion part is whether or not he's actually an abusive person or uh, just simply was riled up into bad behaviors and i'm tending to think that's the case um but that being said um i know there's a lot of hate on amber heard we're watching a youtube channel called mr h and uh I wonder how he's going to handle this because um, he's been very openly biased about his uh, uh, disdain towards her, his love for Johnny Depp. And I think the press is handling it that way. Um, 
And I have a feeling that uh, people now that she's testifying are going to start calling her, you know, an actress. She, yeah. She's acting. There's mm-hmm. crocodile tears. And I don't know whether or not that's true. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, but how do you feel like the media is handling this and how should they handle it? They should handle it by being not biased, but of course, that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think ultimately, in the court of public opinion, mm-hmm. through media or people, he's going to come out ahead. Yeah, um, I have to agree with I that. I think that people are going to be more likely to go back to watching him and supporting him and right. hating on her. And I'm glad for that. In mm-hmm. fact, I want both of them to do yeah, well I after don't this. Want that's the difference is that um, while I um, uh, slightly uh, favor. Uh, uh, him because I think she's very manipulative and I think that she shows many qualities of borderline personality disorder. Um, at the same time, I, I do, uh, uh, I do agree with her and I do feel for her when it comes to being in love with this very wealthy, very eccentric, very popular man, uh, that you just can't get close to because they won't let you in because they have mm-hmm. all these yeah. internal demons. Yeah, so, so I, I feel think, for her in that regard. Yeah, I do, and I think she'll probably be uh, more on the losing end of everything from all of this. Do you think, though? Because I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think he's doing it for the money. He's doing it to to restore his think, reputation yeah, as not being was, a wife. Beater. There was really no way for him to get mm. anything into the public without doing this. I mean, what's right. he going to do? Like hold a press conference and say? Oh, hey, this is just me holding a press conference and this is And didn't then happen, too little, and too just, late, yeah. and it doesn't do enough. So I think it had to go through something that was a court thing where they're under oath and they're being yeah. questioned. And I think it was the only way to do it. Um, and I right. think he wanted it televised so people could see his. Yeah, thing. yeah. And I can understand that because he wanted to restore his reputation. So, well, it's it's just unfortunate. It, it is. Around, and, and, and what I want for them is I want both of their careers to do well after this. I hope they both become better people because of this. I hope that uh, Johnny keeps his demons in check. I hope that uh, he gets his reputation back so he can do Pirate 6 and all these movies because he's terrific. Um, For Amber, um, uh, uh, at first I was very hateful and scornful to to her, and now uh, I, I have softened on her quite a lot, actually, it doesn't mean that I think that she wasn't a participant. I mm-hmm. think she there mm-hmm. is some craziness there, and I think she probably did um, cause a lot of the arguments because her inability to chill out. She's a type A personality. Or insecurities she, or, and insecurities, yeah. and yeah. yeah. And so at the end of the day, none of that excuses abusive behavior, but it definitely explains it. And so, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, like I said, I was kind of like 70, 80% for Johnny, and now I'm kind of 60, 40. I'm mm-hmm. still leaning towards Johnny just because I'm biased and I admit my bias. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, like I said, um, I feel like they're not, they are not uh, proving their case is to prove that he has a history of violent behavior. And they're not proving that they're proving that he got angry when she would go crazy on him constantly and that he would finally lose it when uh, he had had enough. And I don't think that really establishes that he has a violent temper or that he has a violent personality. What do you think? Well, and I think it's kind of coming out that most of it happened when he was under the influence of something. Right. Doesn't excuse it, it, but it just... excuse it, but it, yeah. it explains it a little bit. But yeah. it just... <clears throat> 
Well, and it's it's sad all around. Well, and it's easy to say that he sexually violated her or that he did all these things. But when you're in a relationship where you're constantly touching each other inappropriately, um, it can sound like this awful rape when really what it probably was is more like he stuck his hand down her pants to look for his cocaine. And while I'm not excusing it, um, like I said, we grow very comfortable with touching our partner in intimate ways. Um, and so it's easy to sort of vilify as this, like this sexual abuse when to me, what it felt like is she was being overbearing, hiding his drugs, which I don't necessarily blame her for, but that he she would. Said she didn't do it though. So then that's another. Well, and it makes you thing, wonder. Like, yeah. Yeah. Hard to say there. Yeah. No, and that's the thing. You don't know. I mean, you don't, you're yeah. not in their heads. You're not in their lives. You're just seeing what they're portraying. Right. And, and you're talking actors, about two paid actresses. It's hard to, actors, it's really yeah. hard to tell. Right, mm-hmm. right. So, so very good. Anything else about that that you want to add? Um, I think just one of the things that we had talked about when we were watching yesterday was the, one of the therapists that was testifying. For yeah. Her that was, hired by her team i liked her she seemed yeah she seemed like a decent person but the fact that she's she, she she's, looked she reminded me of jane Curtin. She, yeah she, really did. <laughs> she had a jane Curtin look i don't yeah, know why she did this whole assessment of their relationship mm. without talking oh, to him good good point good and point. that was i mean she definitely seemed like her heart was in the right place and she seemed like she was a good doctor and, yeah but i don't see how you can assess a relationship when it's one completely one-sided she yeah i had that problem him. with bias too is that, that was, she she it got it, it felt to me like she was paid to uh to make her look good and make him look mm-hmm. bad and I yeah. found that to be, even though I liked her as a person, mm-hmm. um, I had a problem with her because she, uh, it felt like she was being paid off to make him look bad. And uh, any clinical psychologist should have the presence of mind to know that you cannot assess properly a relationship by only mm-hmm. interviewing one party. Yeah. It felt very thing, like, biased and very obvious was, to me. Was- IPV, intimate partner violence. Yeah, that's by, that's next on yeah, my list. So good, by good Johnny, like, okay, that's from her side of it. You have not talked to him, and and <clears throat> what she got from her could very well be true, but it's just so one sided that I don't see how you could trust what her testimony. Well, was. and and it, there seems to be um, a lot of men, uh, behaviors. Like I said, don't it doesn't justify the abuse. Yeah. But it explains it, and and there seems to be behaviors there with her herself, also having drug and alcohol issues, also having immaturity issues, going off to Coachella and doing shrooms. Uh, there also seems to be, uh, uh, well, I lost my train of thought. Hang on, I don't know. It just it it felt to me like. Like I said, I liked her as a person. She had a good energy. Uh, But I also felt like uh, she was being a little obtuse when it came to... uh, She was so uh, hell-bent on asserting that she could tell the situation just from a one-sided thing. Mm -hmm. And I found that bias disturbing, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I did, too. Yeah. And she could very well be a great 
psychologist, a great doctor. But right. She was hired by that. But she was hired by her like lawyers. Five hundred dollars an hour by her lawyers mm-hmm. to do this. And when they assessed her, uh, her in terms of her PTSD and all these things, you know, the thing is, is that I have PTSD. PTSD also from a stabbing and a violent uh, act that happened to me and a host of uh, scary situations, Um, but I was never diagnosed. In other words, rich people get diagnosed for anything and everything they want. Mm -hmm. It's easy. All you got to do is go in and throw a little few crocodile tears and you got yourself a diagnosis. Just hearing them talk about like, oh, I read a book by this guy about, you know, that he was this doctor that dealt with sobriety and and things mm-hmm. and now i hired him as my doctor he's my private doctor yeah. my private nurse my this my yeah that. they and have privilege can, and 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 to the best and, care yeah. in the world and the fact that like <clears throat> the opioids that he got addicted to the fact that he was just able to you know it's just a whole other echelon a, of people they can get whatever meds they want they oh can yeah get whatever doctors they want they can get whatever it's johnny depp's world we're of, just living in yeah. it yeah i mean mm-hmm. he's got his own island yeah um yeah at the end of the day, yeah, that that was the most disturbing thing f- for me in terms of her as a witness. It's just, it just felt like she was hell-bent to say that it was all Johnny's fault. Yeah. And I don't know how anybody could assume that because context is everything here, you guys. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that his behaviors didn't get abusive from time to time. What I'm saying is is that uh, that information does not exist in a vacuum. At the end of the day, yeah. who's to say that she didn't cause all that because of her crazy, just, she just insists and never relents. And at the end of the day, you would go crazy with someone who just never drops, never drops the subject, never seeks the peace. She just seems like a, a person that just can't hang it up. Yeah. And that, doesn't excuse the behavior, but it definitely explains it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you want to go into uh, for me? Uh, go into IPV. Talk. Tell the folks what that is. Yeah, that was just that was a term I'd never heard before. Yeah, that um, was a new one on me too. You know, intimate partner violence, which yeah. is just kind of a more descriptive um, explanation of domestic violence, and mm-hmm. it was just it was a term that I'd never heard before, and I think yeah. it's very descriptive and it's very it kind of elicits emotions more than just you know yeah domestic violence it just well seems- i think it explains things uh in a much more cl- not just clinical way but it also uh, uh it sort of harkens all these other things that would come along with it in other words yeah. there would be emotional abuse there would be manipulation there would be um uh, two partners that love each other that are playing this back and forth game of of punishing one another through emotional manipulation. And that can happen yeah. when you love someone is that, oh, you're going to be like that? Then I'm going to be like this. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to be like that? Well, then I'm going to be like this. And so yeah. there's that constant push and pull uh, where where the relationship becomes almost a sparring match. And there's just this constancy of sparring. And what can I do to hurt that person emotionally? Um, because you yourself were hurt, and I, I can't blame her when it comes to that. I just wonder to what extent she's telling the truth. I'm not saying she's lying, because I actually believed a lot of what she said, but I, uh, context is everything, and I don't think that they established the context in which he did those things. Yeah. And I'm not saying I wouldn't, I don't blame her for not wanting to put up with vomiting and fecal matter and all that. 
Um, uh, you would want him to get a hold of his drug monster, if you will. But um, at the same time, who's to say, you know, I always try to think of it like this. I mean, what if you replaced Amber Heard with a woman who's um, more easygoing? Just more relaxed, more go with the flow. Mm -hmm. Somebody who likes his music, somebody who likes getting high with him, who just who's chill, never demands that he change. Um, it makes me wonder how much of this shit would have happened if she wasn't such a type A mm -hmm. control freak in the relationship. Yeah. And again, doesn't excuse the behavior, but it explains a lot. I think most of it was just their two personalities. Yeah, right. The way and they did not work together. Yeah, because he strikes me as the kind of person that wants to get high, hang out with his buddies, play some fucking music, and just be a 50-year-old doing his shit. And she's a younger woman who's like, I want to go have fun with my friends. I don't want to hang out with you old farts. Yeah. And I don't yeah. blame her for that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That part was completely innocuous to me. I'm it like, was. I don't blame that, her. But that's just part of, yeah, when you, you're with someone that's twice your age, you're going to have You're going to have that issue. Like that, and that sure. Would, yeah, I can see why that could be an issue. So, so where do you lie today? So far, because we've we've yet to hear all of her testimony. Yeah. But where today are you in terms of who you believe and to what extent and what do you think? Uh, summarize what you feel about yeah. all this. I I'm very conflicted after seeing her yesterday, but yeah. um, I'm probably around mm -hmm. where you are, sixty forty, maybe sixty five thirty five. Yeah. But um, and like I said, I think he's going to come out on top. As far as publicity well, comes, and I, I think he was at a point where, when you're canceled like that, that's kind of like uh, you know, like uh, 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 Weinstein or uh, Kevin Spacey. When you've been so wholly rejected by society, any amount of good publicity is going to help. And so, yeah. do I think his uh, reputation will be restored completely? Probably not, uh, because there's always going to be yeah. those people where the damage is done. And they're never going to believe, and they're never going to watch his movies again, the end. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that there's a lot of people, a lot of people, who, uh, uh, through this, uh, it's going to help his bolster his career, I believe. And it's going to help bolster his reputation, because at the end yeah. of the day, I think what we're seeing is that he had a willingness to quit drugs. He's still sober today. That he had a willingness to, uh, to play along with some of her sort of... Uh, eccentric needs like taking mm -hmm. off of the booths and things yeah um that he's a very um i can't help it but he's a charming motherfucker yeah, like i'm swooning is. myself <laughs> like i'm not even into dudes but i'm swooning because he's a very yeah. charismatic guy yeah he always has been i think yeah. the biggest good thing that will come out of this is the fact that he was a very well-known man coming out in public and saying that he was abused. And yeah. I think that will be very good in allowing men to come forward because yeah. it's always geared towards women being abused right. and men can't be. And I think this is a good step in that. I in agree. That, that will help forward. our society move forward when it mm -hmm. comes to men in abusive yeah, situations. Absolutely. Because that was the thing is like, I don't mean to talk ill, but uh, my relationship with my ex I uh, won't say her name, but um, she was an emotional manipulator. And while I was far from perfect, um, my mom will agree to this day that she held all the cards mm -hmm. and that she 
she done me dirty in the end by breaking up with me at the bar. Having she was drinking, drunk. I'm at the movie theaters. Next thing I know, the relationship's over, and it hurt, man. And uh, <laughs> I I got my revenge though, because uh, first of all, one of her she she. Well, she drops off some things. I said, hey, can you just bring me some of my stuff? This was after we were broken up. And she's like, yeah. She brought her friends. And uh, this guy, John, was looking at me all funny. He he was a, he, he thought he was such a macho guy. And he, like he was younger than me. I'm a veteran. So and, uh, I go into a, the video store where he worked, not knowing he worked there. And then there he was. And uh, uh, he comes up to me and says this thing like, well, if you ever do something like that again, I will blah, blah, blah. And I said, bitch, I'd like to see you try. Are you fucking kidding? I'm a fucking veteran. You talk to me like that, I'm going to slap your face, son. And he goes, oh. And the next thing you know, he goes, he gets scared. And he goes mm-hmm. back to the front. And uh, I said, hey, why don't we go outside and have a talk about this? Since you're so willing at your work to put me in my place, why don't we go? Because it was none of his business. Yeah, it was none of his business, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that's what I mean. Is my ex told terrible stories of me because I have a temper, I get angry and grumpy a lot, but I never resort to violence. You know that yeah. I'm a grumpy, but I'm not. My grumpiness is just a sign of being old and crusty. It's not some. It's not. It doesn't lead to aggression or violence. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. and so I think she was just kind of painting a picture of me as this thing. And so he was going to do the chivalrous thing by sticking up for her. But then he didn't realize that I'm not afraid of you, dude. Are you kidding me? And so I said, hey, why don't we go outside and talk? And he got all scared. Well, then I called uh, his boss to say, you know, I'm in a breakup. And uh, he thought it was a good idea to come up and, and threaten me while he's at work. And anyways, apparently that was the last straw because he had been in trouble with with them before mm-hmm. and he got fired <laughs> and you know i you know we're talking about a younger version of myself i was in my mm-hmm. early 30s but um it was just one of those things where he got what he deserved because mind your fucking business you know yeah. this is none of your business and i was not an abusive person that's what i mean is that it's easy when a woman when a woman can't tell the difference between um being upset and being violent um, it can it can tank a man's uh, uh, reputation very very quickly, and so I'm not one to just side with men because I'm a man. I'm to side with uh, whoever I think is uh, there's a there's a greater perpetrator. Who was the perpetrator in the relationship? In my relationship with her, she was. Doesn't mean that I was perfect, but I never hurt her. I never laid a hand on her. Um, but she was a master manipulator. She, cr- she was the one that created all the rules. And, uh, when you're a person that d- seeks freedom and like Johnny Depp, he's a free spirit. You cannot contain people like that. And I'm kind of the same way. Don't try to contain a free spirit and that'll make them feel oppressed. That will make them feel weird. And, um, but the thing is, like I said, is that uh, she, she turned all her friends against me. Even went so far as that um, her her father in law, I, I called to talk to her, and he 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 was going to give me the third degree. I go, dude, don't talk to me that way. You don't know what really fucking happened. Come on, like, are you fucking serious? Like, you have no idea what she said to me. 
And he's like, well, it doesn't matter. I said, it does matter. I never laid a hand on her, ever. I've never hit a woman in my entire life. But that's what I mean is that being a man, I know how frustrating it is uh, to uh, have a woman sort of uh, kill your reputation around all of your friends and family. And so uh, we broke up. And then three months later, she's like, hey, I miss you. And I'm like, well, I miss you too. And we actually got together and had a one-night stand and that was it. And I was like, okay, you know, we're done. And But my point is, is that if I was so fucking abusive, why would she call me and ask me to come over when she's lonely? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. the thing is like, if, if, if somebody was truly abusive, they wouldn't invite that person back into the life. And that's what I'm catching with this whole case is that if he was such a man, wife beating, uh, horrible person, uh, why is it that she kept trying so much with him? Why would she continue putting up with it? Because, like, there's, you know, we're going back to IPV, is that when, when women are in a situation where they're fearful for their life or they're fearful of retribution from a man who's aggressive or tyrannical, um, it can intimidate that woman into subserviency and they, they're afraid to leave. But never have they established that in this case. And so I just feel like, you know, something's not adding up here. I'm not saying that he didn't misbehave. I'm sure he did. Mm -hmm. But I'm not seeing a pattern of abuse. And I'm not seeing a pattern where he has intimidated her to the point where she was too scared to leave in the relationship. And the one thing they brought up yesterday, too, is that, you know, he she said he collects knives and things. Mm -hmm. And she bought him a knife. Good point. Like, yeah, who, but, who, who? If if you have a, a boyfriend or girlfriend who uh, has a beat your ass, would you buy them a knife for a present? Yeah, that was just that's one a very weird, good point. One little weird thing. That, that was, I know that was like hmm. add up. Yeah. yeah, it does make you scratch your head. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I think just ultimately, I just I think they both were in the wrong. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I absolutely agree that they both wronged each other. And to some degree. That it got toxic because it was just an oil and water situation. Yeah. And we, as, as citizens, we as the public have to resist being overly biased because at the end of the day, we weren't there. And at the end of the day, is she, does she have some borderline personality problems? Does she have some, OCD? Does she have some psychological issues? Yes. But does that mean that she should spend the rest of her life in purgatory? No. Yeah, no, I don't want either of them canceled. Right. No. I don't. I want her to get help if she needs help. I yeah. want him to get help if he needs help. Yes. Especially finding out now that she has a she has a daughter. She has a year old daughter. Uh, right. I want her to be okay for her daughter. Well, yeah. Like, and I still want her to get work. Yeah. I still want her to be able to make money. Um, uh, this cancel culture, you know, being a progressive myself, you know, uh, I don't like cancel culture. Um, but see, the problem is, is that, uh, Fox News and the right wing talk about it being a purely left thing and yet they go and do it themselves. So there's a, mm-hmm. everybody yeah. is trying to cancel each other. And so, um, we can't just say this is a left wing thing. This is a human thing. All petty people want to cancel one another. So my hope is that the public uh, is mature enough to just let bygones be bygones and uh, understand that, you know, 
when there's a lot of passion, when there's a lot of drugs, when there's a lot of emotions, things get nutty. Um, that was what happened with myself and my ex is that things got nutty because we were passionately in love with each other. And when, when you diss that person, it cuts and you want to hurt them back. And so how much of this is just a, a symptom of, of, of just a toxic situation because they loved each other, but they just, you know, like oil and water, they just didn't mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm getting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so in, 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 to assign blame at the end of the day, let's just play a little game here of let's assign blame uh, all or nothing, all in, uh, put all your you know money into the kitty here uh, for all the ducats. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who do you feel like in this situation was more of the aggressor, more of the manipulator? I, I think ultimately probably her. Especially from the manipulation angle. Mm-hmm. I think it was more her. <clears throat> yeah. And I think she did a lot of the uh, being of acting as the aggressor also. And I get some of so. her aggression towards his drug abuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, but like I always say, you know, uh, well, D- Dave Chappelle has a thing. He says, uh, if you're a crackhead, you do not want to date another crackhead because you fuel each other's cravings Mm -hmm. and so if you're both a certain way you want somebody who's going to be your better angel you know you don't want someone who's going to um have you constantly going to your own demons so you don't you know a couple crackheads you know (laughs) are always uh helping each other excuse away their bad behavior and so in this particular instance i feel like we have two people who are both good people in general, I would say, uh, both have uh, imperfect mental health, we'll say. Uh, both have a history, I would say, of, of abuse, perhaps. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I do believe that she became a controlling manipulator in the relationship. That got to be too much for Johnny, and that might explain a lot of his bad behavior. Um uh, that being said, do I understand why? Yeah, she wanted to to rescue him. She wanted to fix him. Um, but at the end of the day, also, um, I found a little bit of incongruencies when it came to uh, her trying to play this Pollyanna wholesome figure. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're the one doing yeah. drugs, too. You're the one drinking yeah. wine every night. You're the one going to Coachella and throwing up from mushrooms. So I, I don't. I, I just feel like they're both, to me, partake in drugs and alcohol. They both partake in emotional manipulation. They both partake in emotional uh, manipulation of each other to try to hurt each other. And so uh, at the end of the day, I mean, I can't just say, oh, it's all Johnny. And I can't say it's all all her. I, I think it just it takes two to tango. And uh, yeah. we're seeing what happens when... Alcohol and emotion and deep passion uh, fuel a relationship. And like I said, passion is a saloon door in that it can fuel your loves and your joys. It can also fuel your angers and your frustrations. And I think yeah, what happened absolutely. is they both just got sick of each other. And uh, what came about is what we're hearing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. You know, yep. what do you think can be learned or uh uh, about 
uh, not only drug abuse, but physical or emotional abuse. What, what can you tell the folks about what we've learned from this case about, you know, because this show is all about mental health. What can we learn about relationships? What can we learn about mental and physical abuse in a relationship? I think the biggest lesson to be learned is not to just jump to conclusions about things. Yeah. You have to kind of. It's hard not it's, to. Yeah, when you it's very naturally hard not to. like and someone. You, especially in something like this, until something like this <clears throat> happens, you don't get more than one side of the story. Um, yeah. And I think the thing to learn is it's just relationships are hard and life is hard and mental health is hard. Right. And it, yes. Just try. And to we don't let each of, other off the hook enough. And, yeah. and, and that's sort of the problem I have with uh, myself, even being a public figure is that everybody thinks that they're entitled to know you. Everybody thinks they're entitled to be a part of your life. It's like, I try to let as many people into my life as possible because that's just the way I am. I like people <clears throat> that are nice and kind, and so I try to be nice and kind back to them. But at the end of the day, Johnny Depp doesn't owe anybody anything, and uh, neither does she. And and so this whole like you know entitlement that the public feels towards uh, being a part of their life or having mm-hmm. a judgment about it, it's like at the end of the day, they're strangers. You don't know them. Yeah. You know, and you don't. Mm-hmm. They don't owe us anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, as far as uh, what can we learn about drug abuse and substance abuse? Because I mean, I have, I've, I've talked to you about my substance abuse. I drank very heavily in my twenties. I quit by the time I was thirty, um, and now I use a little bit here and there, but very mild <clears throat> because I, you know, I, I, I don't want my demons to. I don't want to feed my demons to the point that they grow. I keep it in check and I'm, I've learned discipline over time. I know not everybody can do that, especially if you have an addiction or an addictive personality. Fortunately, uh, I care more about success and health and fitness than I care about drugs. Uh, but for me, you know, I quit and I took 15 years off and now I drink a beer now and then, uh, you know, or I'll smoke a little bit of pot at night, but, uh, I don't, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm one of the lucky ones in that I can still partake uh, without it ruining my life. But what would you say to people out there or what can we can be derived uh, uh, just from this case in terms of drug and alcohol abuse? It just shows how prevalent it can be. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it it brings into the light how lacking our society is in help for people. Yeah. Because if they weren't rich and famous, he wouldn't be getting a private doctor to go do his private detox. No. He'd be trying to find some place that he could maybe possibly afford that his insurance wouldn't kick him yeah. out after a week. And a lot and of insurance don't doesn't yeah, even exactly. cover any so of that. So it definitely stuff. brings that into light how much that's lacking for normal people. And I think it's something that needs to be very readily available. Well the you know, and that's the one thing is it's easy to think of these celebrities as being spoiled or entitled, but also, um, you know, here on the show, we're always talking about trying to be a more forward thinking, classy, uh, futuristic. And I don't mean like, you know, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, being a futurist, a sustainability. We're trying to uh, eradicate aggra- uh, oppressive and regressive systems so that we can all arrive at a place of maximizing our right to exist, maximizing dignity, maximizing uh, a good health, 
And so at the end of the day, we're trying to get rid of systems that are tyrannical, that are trying to chip away at our uh, rights. And so it might come across to some people that celebrity culture is kind of spoiled, but I see some of it as the ideal that we should all have yeah, such we should all uh, have access to things access, like that. Right. And, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> to the best health care and the best help for for issues and problems and Yeah. It just it it shows the inequity <clears throat> in everything. Well yeah, because I'll bet you today, even though we have insurance, we don't have the Cadillac plan. There's no fucking way if I had a substance abuse problem that I would be able to get away with going and paying, uh, going to a detox center without probably paying a huge chunk of money myself out of pocket because it just doesn't cover it. Yeah. So yeah. it shows you those glaring gaps and holes in our insurance. Here you are paying this monthly premium thinking you're covered, but then when it comes right down to it, it's only covering the bare fucking minimum. Mm-hmm. And so we, that's why we have to fight. That's why we have to know our yeah. rights. That's why we have to continually challenge our system because in the ideal we should all have the uh dignity of living with opportunities and options and access uh as anybody else and when you start to see that these wealthy people have access to anything and everything it's because money's not an issue but because of money but for us it's like oh well we don't get good mental health care because you know our insurance doesn't cover it. It's like, yeah. what? All because you're not rich and famous. And then if and you did something, bullshit. say you say you went crazy and you didn't, you know, say you weren't violent towards somebody, but you say you got caught out at the store acting funny because you're off your meds and they fucking tase or shoot your ass. Uh, we're talking about systemic poverty. Systemic mm-hmm. poverty begats more systemic poverty. And that's my problem with these regret that are with our society is that we perpetuate and propagate regressive, outmoded systems uh, because we're, you know, police officers don't have the training to deal with people who are going through mental health crises. Yeah, absolutely. It's not to say that cops are necessarily bad, no. but you cannot shoot bullets at the problem. You have to know what's going on mm-hmm. there. And that's the whole reallocation of funds is that when something, some situation like that is happening, well, yeah. you send a mental health person, you don't send someone with a gun. Or you well, send someone with a gun maybe as backup in case something sure. happens, but you don't do that as the first line. Well, and defense. hopefully what we do is we limit their scope of practice so they don't have such a large scope of practice to feel like they have to be all these different things. Yeah. And then that way, every time you have what's called a mental health crisis case, 911 is called, a police would show up and then hopefully a counselor would show up in their place. Or you could have police officers that are dual trained mm-hmm. where they're not just cops, but they're also counselors. Yeah. That yeah. would be terrific. Which then costs more, more money. And it, that's well, and the, if you reallocated funds correctly, funds you could should, do yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe less money going towards tanks and weapons mm-hmm. and a little more money towards the things that the matter. And the, yeah, absolutely. And that's the problem is that a lot of people in the society think that we have to arm these police officers to the teeth. Um, we don't want a militarized society because it, I don't think it's getting bad enough. But see, that's the problem with sometimes these media agendas especially on the right, is that they they scare everybody into thinking that our society is becoming more 
violent or more radical. And while that may be true in some isolated incidences, at the end of the day, um, how is giving uh, these cops more weapons and more bullets going to take care of the problem? What are we supposed to do? Just shoot away the problem every time? I mean, come on. No, it doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, it just feels to me like it's inherently racist. Like, oh, we want to just, you know, get rid of the problem. Oh, Antifa and, is the problem. And no, Antifa is not the problem. The problem is systemic inequality yeah. and a lacking in um, good jobs and good opportunities that are making people crazy. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, let's see here. Um uh, I got here, uh, excusing bad behavior and where to draw the line. At the end of the day, like I said, it takes two to tango. Um, but where should we draw the line in terms of their bad behavior and who to believe and who to trust? Uh, just speak on where the line should be. And that's the thing. You don't know 100% who to believe and who to trust. And yeah. I think physical violence <clears throat> against each other that's where you draw the line either way yeah and but what about in a circumstance like this where we can't really yet determine a context in terms of did he have a a history a histrionics of chronic violence and abuse towards women or was it more to do with he was struggling with his drugs and alcohol and her uh, sort of uh, aggressive behavior uh, and her inability to be loving in those circumstances seem to exacerbate mm-hmm. his bad behavior, not make it better. And I'm not yeah. taking sides, no. but at the end of the line, I, I do feel like the line should be drawn at, uh, you know, obviously emotional and uh, violent ab- abuse is definitely where you draw the line. But I do think context matters here. Yeah. At the end of the day, context matters because because it doesn't excuse away the bad behavior. No. But like like I said, if he was with a woman who was a go with the flow hippie chick and she didn't get crazy all the time, maybe nothing ever would have happened. And so, what do you think about her? Uh, because on the one hand, I agree that dealing with uh, the giant ego and giant eccentricity of Johnny Depp had to have been a handful. Um, I agree with her insofar as I do, I agree that she wanted to uh, help him eradicate the monster, but at the same time, it almost felt like she was contributing to the monster. Yeah, it does. You know? And yeah, and because of being in love with someone, sometimes you can't step back when you should. Or yeah. when to step back when you should. And, and, and just, how can we look so at her with any sense of sympathy uh, toward her? Because I, 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 in a way, if she was abused, even though it might have been isolated incidences, I want to give her at least the credit of having dignity and the right to exist. Uh, I think there's an un... It's just there's a lot of hate in our media zeitgeist for her based on um, unproven things. We're talking about body language and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. She's getting a lot of hate for that. And so when she took the stand, I just found myself agreeing with her, found myself sympathizing with her. Um, Does that mean that, uh, you know, she won me over entirely? Not necessarily because at the end of the day, um, 
we don't understand the context of his abuse. Like I said, it could have been isolated incidences um, instead of having, you know, like I said, he does not seem like someone who is a naturally abusive person. And it almost feels like she's trying to um, coax him into being abusive so that she can win the culture yeah. war. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it does have some hints of that. And it's, again, you yeah. don't know. And it's so hard to tell. And Right. So I'm trying not to just be like snap judgment about any right. of it. And I don't want to put any hate towards either of them. Well, or... I definitely softened on her. Um, whether, you know, do I like her as much as Johnny? No. But that's because it's Johnny Depp. He's like the most likable guy on the planet. But mm-hmm. um, um, And that's, that was the thing I learned, you know, that Disney can tolerate drug and alcohol abuse and bad behavior when it comes to that. Uh, but they, they draw the line at physical abuse. And I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But um, what do you think in terms of our culture? Why is it that Amber Heard seems to be uh, so hated in this situation, is it purely bias? At, well, I think she immediately became hated as soon as he took the stand and started talking. Yeah. And people believed him and saw his personality coming out. Yeah. And it just made everybody kind of, most people kind of just do a complete 180 and, and turn back on him or to towards him. Yeah. Um, and... I don't know. And like I said, they're actors, so. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's hard. <laughs> good acting is good acting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, that's why we wanted to do an episode on this. Not because we very rarely do a show about people. We are not gossipers. We are not into the he said, she said bullshit of it. Like, um, the only reason why I think I find it fascinating uh, is because it's an exercise in psychology. I just love getting into the nitty gritty of psychology. And so at the end of the day, let me ask you, um, yeah, you know, cause that's why I wanted to do this episode is I didn't want to s- spread gossip or rumors. I'm not trying to sway anybody in their uh, beliefs about the case. Um, but what we, can we learn about celebrity culture what can we learn about drugs and alcohol abuse what can we learn about physical and emotional abuse what can be derived out of this that's a good you know life lesson for the audience well i think part of it is because people are so used to putting celebrities up on a pedestal Mm -hmm. and thinking they have these perfect lives and it's kind of it's a little bit i don't want to say refreshing but it kind of is to see that you you know even though they have all this money and all this wealth, that they still have problems. There's real, real problems. People, and it real makes struggles. you see them as real people. And it just it makes you see how nuanced mental health is and substance abuse and yeah. relationships. And it just kind of makes you think about things a little bit more and take into consideration <clears throat> different things mm-hmm. instead of just everything being so black and white. And it just yeah. makes you realize how important all that stuff is to kind of keep a handle on and keep... Yeah, it's a constant battle yeah. to balance. Yeah. It's it. I look at it as a continual balancing act. That mm-hmm. it's a little bit of physical health. It's a little bit of mental health. It's a little bit of having the right attitude. It's a little bit of circumstances, having the right circumstances. Because yeah. that's like with me, do I think I have a chemical imbalance? No, but I do have depression and I do have anxiety. And I think that's 
<clears throat> because I have PTSD because of some of the abuses in my past. Uh, but it's also because of a very long history of being poor. Being yeah. poor is 10 times harder than being middle class and even 10 times harder than being wealthy. And while I do feel for these guys <clears throat> going through their struggles, I'd much rather, uh, you know, go to my private island to kick a habit than yeah. to have to do it on my own in the trailer park. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, that's, you know, at the end of the day, um, why do you think uh, uh, people are so, you know, because we're talking about mostly nice, mostly compassionate people. What is it about the pop culture zeitgeist that makes people more uh, cruel than they usually are in real life? What is it about that, the aggregate mentalities that seems to bring out the the pitchforks and torches mentality? I think it's because people don't see celebrities as people. They see right. them as something that they're yeah. they're out there to be judged and right. and they're for your consumption and they're not yeah. actually people with real lives. <clears throat> so they're more of a product than a human being. Yeah. So people just kind of get this detachment so they don't think of them as human. They think of them as just an entity that's there. Yeah, it almost feels like there's a uh, entitlement there. Like people yeah. think that they're owed an explanation or that they're owed. Yeah. Oh, well I watch your movies. I pay your salary. Like so fucking what? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. All I owe you is whether or not you like the movie. I don't know you anything in my yeah. personal that's, life. Yeah. That's, yeah. You know, it feels like there's an entitlement there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it does feel like, um, you know, you, you talk about the cancel culture. Uh, we're talking about mostly left leaning people who believe in a uh, democratic or uh, progressive policies and values um but why is it that um you know because i think there's an extreme right wing there's an extreme left wing but what is it about the cancel culture that feels the need to cancel everybody and everything that uh, that upset them it's a weird thing it's kind of like an oh i'll show you I can yeah do this. it feels I vindictive like it's they want to, uh, you know, it's it's part of the reason why comedians don't go to colleges anymore is because college kids don't have a fucking sense of humor and they don't know how to lighten up. And while I can see in a case where there's an obvious poor taste joke, it feels like uh, they're all becoming a bunch of pussies, man. What? Why is it everybody so easily uh, just so fucking fragile now? Why is everybody, you know, because I talk about sensitivity, but I am trying to teach people to have grit, to have strength. Um, why are people so fragile and so triggerable nowadays? What the fuck it's, is going on there? Because there isn't the balance that needs to exist. I think, I mean, it's a good you thing. You mean that, in their own personal yeah. mental mm -hmm. health or? or? Yeah. And in, <clears throat> in just culture in general do I mean, you feel like people are getting more extreme as our society becomes more unfair and more untenable in other words all the collective problems of uh, paying rent and getting a job and doing all the normal things is getting harder to do and therefore uh, people feel perhaps uh, more assertive in their disdain towards things because uh, more people are living unhappy lives very well could be 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that definitely can have something to do with it. And part of it's good that, <clears throat> you know, society's getting more sensitive and oh, sure. not, it's, it, but and it a, can go. It can go the, too far the too other far. way though. Right. But, um, yeah. So like everything, there's, there's gotta be a balance to everything. And it's, yeah. you just have to keep an eye <clears throat> on it and you have to be aware of things and not let them get too far in either direction. And a lot of people aren't self-aware enough to do that. I think. So yeah, well, it feels to me like the left wing movement, uh, the tails wagging the dog, and that the the most judgmental, the most aggressive, uh, and the most triggerable people are trying to lead us th- into the movement. But in doing so, I mean, you know, you talk about gender fluidity, you talk about all these various issues, and while I can, I have nothing against LGBTQ or anybody. Um, my point simply is, is that there's all these issues nowadays that they take, um, they're, they're going to extremes and it's almost like they're forcing people to try to, well, you know, you have to be as sophisticated as me. You have to be as woke as me on the, all the issues. But it's a backlash <laughs> to all the hate that's been building yeah. up for years and years and that's years. That's a good so point. It's, yeah. It's a, if there wasn't so much hate, there wouldn't be such a counter movement. Yeah. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. I think that's definitely Well, and the thing is, is that, you know, I guess at the end of the day, I just wonder why people care so much about hurting others. Why can't people just learn to mind their own P's and Q's and learn to stay in their own lane? Why is it that people feel like they have to... um uh, just, I don't know, be muckrakers and, and shit talkers and can't mind their business. Know. Why are people so triggerable? Makes them feel important, maybe. Yeah. Makes them feel like they have a voice, whether it's a good one or not. It's just yeah attention. I don't know. Well, because I think the problem with the progressive movement is it's not bad policy. The policy and the intentions are there. I think what it is is that there's a fine line between wanting a good life and and just absolute wanting idealistic perfection and when you become too much of an idealist you don't live in reality anymore you you know like that's the thing about this show is i want people to understand that we're trying to fight against regressive systems we're trying to fight for better pay better cultures better treatment um but at the end of the day we're not looking for perfection we are looking simply to create headway in a movement so that we create a, a better world for the middle class, a better world for regular people. Um, but when you hold yourself to too high a standard, uh, it starts to come off uh, spoiled and entitled. Mm-hmm. What is, where's the line yeah. with that? I, I don't know where the line is. Just have to be aware of what <clears throat> you're doing and how you're yeah. acting and what you're reacting to and how you're reacting to it. And right. It can be hard. It's easy to be reactive about things and just, oh, oh, I hate that person. I don't like this. I don't like that. Yeah. Without actually thinking about what you're doing and saying. And it takes more introspection to do that. And well, like I always say sometimes, anytime somebody like says something off color to me, I always say, your entitlement is showing. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's a fine line between wanting better because we're living in times where the corporate agendas, the wealth, the top-down economy, all of the regular people problems are surmounting and getting worse. Our society is becoming more chaotic, more uh, overpopulation. All these problems all tend to get worse, not better. And so we're fighting to push the needle back to center. Um, but in that fight, it does seem like some people just become so 
fucking ugh. Like, I don't know what I dislike more, right-wing extremists or left-wing extremists, because it's both obnoxious as hell. They are, but... Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, (laughs) obviously I take the side with the left because at least I think their intentions are good. Yeah. Um, And it's a nonviolent thing. No, I I agree. But I don't know. It just um, it just feels like to me that the more our society, the fabric of our society breaks down, the more people become more extreme. And as a result, um, that's why I I fight for uh, robust a robust middle class because it would take care of the rich. It would take care of the, the poor. Uh, it would, the vast majority of people would have a house. Uh, there would be less poverty, less uh, crime. Uh, uh, but we, te- we tend to live in a top-down society. And as society gets bigger, uh, agendas tend to take over that, they, you know, like I said, they don't care about us at the ground level. They're going to push their agendas and their lobbying and all that towards uh, helping the wealthy. How do we uh, fight a system that is clearly biased against poor people? We have to come together mm. somehow and yeah. fight it in any way that we can. And I don't know what that solution is. because Well, that's why we talk so much about it, because yeah. I'm trying to make people aware uh, that you can... You can challenge the system without being a radical. You can uh, not like uh, violence and abusiveness and still, um, uh, you know, like a person because the circumstances were created based on uh, being very human. Like, I don't think Johnny Depp, I, do I believe he did some of those things? Absolutely, I do. But do I still like him? Yes. Not because I excuse the behavior, but because I don't think the behavior was typical of his normal uh, psych- psychology. I don't think that that's who he is. I think that's what happens when he gets on drugs. I also think that's what happens when he's in a toxic relationship. And so at the end of the day, I'm trying not to be um, overly judgmental of either of them. I think at the end of the day, they both suffered because they're both dealing with uh, each other's hardships. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I you agree. know, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, I just think, you know, I, I hope at the end of the day that Johnny gets his career back, that she uh, can go on acting and do her thing. Um, but now you got this, like, cancel culture, wanting to cancel her from Aquaman and all that. Without even having heard her side of it, what is that? That's just people being quick to judge. And Doesn't it feel like people are just always in a quick, fast, yeah. and in a hurry to judge people? Yeah, absolutely. And where is is that? St- is that because are we becoming more hateful and scornful as a society, or is that a sign of uh, lacking intellect or lacking emotional growth? I think in some way it's always been that way. Yeah. But with social media and computers mm-hmm. and things being available to us, it's it's more prevalent. We're having to become more conscious and aware as a culture, as we become more sophisticated. And that's what I mean is as you know, that's why I say I'm the, I'm the Mr. Rogers of the new era is that uh, things aren't all also black and white as they were in the seventies and sixties. And so yeah. while I am a wholesome person, um, I still say motherfucker because I'm not going to change for people just because, you know, they don't like the way I talk. If you don't like the way I talk, go somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. Because it's freeing and empowering for me to talk the way I want to talk. And so I don't, that's why kind of like I'm still kind of on Johnny's side is that I do feel like she was trying to change him. 
And I agree with her, though, that trying to tame that beast, that's a big old beast to tame, boy. Mm-hmm. So I get, yeah. I, I, I feel sympathy for her in that regard. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, where do you lie on that? Do you think, um, who's, who is more at fault here? Like, like an insurance company, there's a percentage <laughs> of fault. What's the percentage of fault? Yeah. Um, I think I'm kind of where you are. Like I said, probably around 60, 40. Yeah, I'm 60, 40. And, and I think my 10% difference is only because of the fact that I don't find him to, they're not proving their case. They're not proving yeah. that he has a history of physical abusiveness. Um, that yeah. it seems like when he's abusive, it's always because he's fucked up on drugs. Again, not excusing it, just mm-hmm. that when he got clean and sober, the abuse stopped. Seems to have, yeah. It seems, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, context is everything. But anyways, you got any more to say on on the matter? Not really. It's just it's complicated. <clears throat> it's human yeah. beings. It's it's something we'll never know the complete truth of because we weren't there. Yeah, and and it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. It's I find it fascinating. I am not usually into this uh, uh, paparazzi kind of stuff. Um, I, I don't care about people's personal lives. Um, you know, occasionally it's interesting, but I think what I find interesting about this particular case is that I like Johnny Depp and it's a high profile case. Um, and I like court cases. I just always have loved court dramas, but, uh, I don't like criminal cases cause it's always about murder or something awful. Uh, I feel like this is kind of salacious without being overly salacious. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no deaths involved. There's no, um, morbidity to it and so as an yeah. empath i guess i i can tolerate it a little mm-hmm. bit better yeah that makes sense but at the end of the day yeah i mean that just goes to show how celebrity culture uh they're just not living in reality versus the rest of us and yeah. uh i don't know i have i don't have a problem with the celebrities hate the player not the g- game hate the game not the player yeah where i hate the fact that we live in a society that is so rigged to allow some people to become obscenely rich while some people have to sleep under a bridge. We're talking about veterans sleeping under a bridge. Like, why on the earth can't we just make it a little bit more equal? Well, yeah, on that? Then but then when you start talking like that, people say, oh, socialism. But we're not yeah. talking about socialism. Well, and when you talk about the numbers involved, like their divorce, like her her alimony she wanted was 50000 a month. Like she wanted more a month than I Make, have ever made in a year. Yeah, like it's just it just shows the inequities and the yeah the ridiculousness of it all. Well, and that's why here at the show we're trying to fight for regular people because at the end of the day, I can't relate to any of their problems. I can relate to the relationship stuff, but I yeah. cannot relate to uh, jars full of cocaine or or. Yeah. Uh, you know, expensive, lavish gifts or and I think private that's islands. Part of why people are liking it is because mm-hmm. it's relatable with the relationship yeah. issues. And I, I like that he's kind of when he's talking about his island, he's very self deprecating. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. okay, this is going to sound really weird, but yeah, island. Yeah, like, he's like, sorry, he's but yeah, I own an island. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was still cute. Fucking weird. That was a cute uh, <laughs> little way of saying that. Mm-hmm. I, I guess the reason why I like him is at the end of the day, he's um. He's just very uh, introverted and, 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 and genteel and charismatic. And uh, so I don't think at the end of the day that he's a perfect person. I think he absolutely probably did some of those things. But I think it was fueled by 
the the uh, the ongoing uh, uh, unrelenting toxicity of her holding him to a standard he couldn't live up to, but then also the drugs and alcohol played a role too. And so yeah. I don't forgive the bad behavior, but but I do feel at the end of the day, I mean, um, you know, it, like I said, it takes two to tango, and they wouldn't have been in this mess if it hadn't been a contribution from both of their bad behaviors. Yeah. And being human is messy. It's being human is a very messy thing. Yeah. Shades of gray. And that's what I think we can all learn from this is gosh, you guys let each other off the fucking hook. Why are we always in such a hurry to hate each other? Such a hurry to judge each other. It, it, it feels emotionally anemic. Like people haven't learned how to be fucking adults. Frankly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Anyways, you got anything else? I think we covered it. I think we got it. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you guys for another episode. Uh, We're running a little bit over, but that's okay. Uh, That was a very good conversation, and that's just it. I do not uh, side with any of them. I want them both to be happy. I want them both to be healthy. Um, But I do want to tackle the greater injustice and inequalities where we've all grown kind of accustomed to other people being like gods while we sit here in absolute fucking squalor. No, you know, because if I had these problems, nobody would be give it a shit. I'd be dying in my own mess and nobody would even show up to care. Mm -hmm. I'd be a skeleton by the time the fucking paddy wagon came to find my ass. (laughs) <clears throat> paddy wagner <laughs> hearse whatever <laughs> whatever it is but anyways thank you guys for another episode uh that is two in the bank for two this week uh we are going to get into some more cryptid stuff we are going to get into <clears throat> the secret of skinwalker ranch New and we uh, yeah we're going to be doing an episode about i think i i'm still on the fence but we may end up doing an episode about the bigfoot alien connection I still have everything there. I scrapped the last episode that I had recorded because I found it tedious. I was reading from an article too much. I just didn't find it. The, 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 the substance was interesting, but the way it was presented wasn't. And so I want to do it again with you. Um, but uh, I want to get into uh, the secret of Skinwalker Ranch, and I want to get into the Lamb House Part 7 uh, of his docuseries, uh, we'll go into all the ins and outs of that. So uh, stay tuned for more paranormal stuff. Uh, and uh, you guys, good mental health to you. Uh, if you don't want to be judged harshly, you shouldn't judge harshly either. That's, the I think, the learning lesson in all of this. Yeah, definitely. If you want people to give you a break, you better be prepared to give others a break as well. Yep. So thank you, you guys. We'll see you next week. Uh Thanks, babe. Good job. Great great conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye.